0: Hello, guys, and welcome to the latest episode of the MSC Performance Podcast with me, Mark Orson. And today, I'm delighted to be joined by Mr. Ben Franks. How are we
1: doing, mate? Hello, sir. How are you? Very well. Very, very well. Very well. It's been a little while since you've uh, yeah. raced us with your presence. I was thinking on, that it's uh, been a podcast. Yeah, been a good few weeks. Lots changed.
0: Lots changed. I I last mean, few weeks. I think the, the last one you were well, was still we're still in lockdown, weren't we? Yeah. Yeah, it's the first um, one so since been, been a while since we've been reopened. A few things have happened since then, haven't they,
1: mate? Yeah, we've had a few. Uh, got a new shirt. Got a haircut. Had was, a baby. I was, yeah, I was getting, yeah, I, yeah. I was
0: aiming more towards the, uh, the the whole baby thing. Yeah, um, the um. And, uh, yeah, he's finally arrived. That's it, mate. you know, you've had a you've had a bit of sleep now and ready ready Rest for ready for some chat. Yeah, so,
1: uh, so. We're all good, we're all good. Um, yeah. first of all, Mark, it's a lovely shirt you're wearing. Um, oh, oh yes, the, this T-shirt. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks
0: for noticing mate. I um, don't know if our YouTube uh, viewers can, uh, can, can see. It's very nice, um, nice and fitted as well. For our Spotify listeners, I'm, uh, yes, I'm wearing a Birmingham Barbell Club t-shirt, uh, which is obviously our flagship um, class with, uh, with MSc Performance. Um, so these are brand new t-shirts and uh, would you say they look lovely? They look, does it come in anything other than a medium? Well, I'm wearing the extra schmied at the moment, and uh, but you can you can get uh, larges, extra larges, and smalls as well. I did try the small on but. It was just a bit too snug, yeah. How much would uh, one pay? For well, a- for one of these exceptional uh, T-shirts um, that again uh, you know represent uh, everything about MSC and uh, you know a, a very high quality material uh, can be purchased for fifteen pounds. Um, these can be purchased in uh, in house. Uh, we've got some in stock. Uh, we've got a big box in the office. We're going to display them nicely out on uh, on reception when we uh, tie that area up a little bit. But if anyone does want to t-shirt come and grab us they're in the office 15 pounds cash or card would be accepted any other colors than black uh, we've got some gray as well oh
1: Um, yeah yeah, just
0: yeah that's it We've got the gray ones as well and i think one or two other colors online as well so we do have uh, the online shop as well uh, where you can go to our website mscperformance.co.uk and uh, click shop um, and you can order directly to your home uh, but as we say, we've got some in stock now as well. So if you're in the gym and you want to pick one up, uh, if you want to be a legend, uh, then just, you know, chuck us some coin and uh, we'll, we'll give you a, give you a t-shirt. Um, another thing to talk about is probably the, uh, the Metcon Games, the upcoming yes. Metcon Games that yes. you and Sonia were organising. Can you
1: tell us a bit about that? Yeah, so we did one, first one last year, went down really well. Um, and this year we're mixing up a little bit by incorporating a few more strongman events. But um, don't let that pull you off. It still opens at all ability levels um, uh, we're basically going to hold the participants in by the end of June, then we'll sort out the teams and then you'll find out who, who team you're on. And then basically on the day, you'll be competing some individual events, some teams of two, three, four, uh, but you'll be competing for your team. So it's not like an individual efforts where you know, um, you're you on your own, it's two teams. And then uh, yeah, should be a good day. And then have a nice, nice social afterwards. Go somewhere. Couple of scoops. Couple of scoops. Yeah get
0: loose i think uh i think the key the key is for people is it could sound a bit scary can't it you know strong man yeah, but yeah um it really is like i can't emphasize this enough like it really is for all levels of ability we've got complete beginners taking part we've got some guys who've done a little bit yeah. uh before it's not like a proper serious competition it's in house. you know it's an in-house yeah. competition between members that's designed to be just good fun and a good chance for everyone to have a crack at something and a bit of friendly uh competition um but the main thing is like the social aspect of it, yeah. and it's to celebrate our sixth birthday as well. Um, so it's a big, big, yeah. uh, big event. Our sixth birthday is actually uh, this Sunday, technically. Yeah. Um, but we're going to be celebrating it, um, sort of together with the members once everything's up and open again. And uh, just the end of July fits in, fits in quite nicely. So, uh, it'll be a big day, big, yeah. uh, big event, and uh, as you, as you say, just a you know, a few. A few swifters afterwards. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, if you're keen, to sign up, guys. Um, drop us a message, um, or even better, just come in and tell us if you want to take part. Um, fifteen pound. Uh, yeah, fifteen pound entry fee. That's going to cover some of the costs and some of the surprises that are going to be happening during the day. And also, it'll be a free T-shirt. So, more stash. More um, So, the uh, the T-shirt will be a special edition Metcon Games T-shirt, yes. uh, which we'll want everybody to be wearing uh, on the on the day, as uh, so we can uh, have two different colours I'm going to divide up the, the teams and uh yeah happy days more details to come but get yourselves booked in you. 31st of July happy days uh so moving on to today's uh podcast so uh today is a bit of a sort of QA um so uh, we dropped um dropped off Instagram a couple of days ago just on June for uh for not just members for anyone to drop us a few questions, and um, we've picked uh, three of those questions today to uh, to answer and to get uh, to get stuck into. And um, so, uh, the three questions are: um, the first one we're going to cover is to do with pre-workout. Um, so, do you want to read out? The yeah. So the
1: first please? one comes from uh, Sophia. So her question is: pre-workout, how to go about researching ingredients and choosing. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll start. We'll make a start with that. Um, so yeah, is, is pre-workout something
1: you use yourself then or? So I'll, i you know, like a well, lot, obviously I like to have a coffee, which I feel, um, helps me wake up in the morning. Um, you take say about an hour before, before a workout, um, or like a kind of monster. Um, you know, I don't go into the details of the exact grammage, of, you know, each individual ingredient, because for me, even if it's just like a, a psychological effect where I feel more awake and feel like I'm going to perform better then that, that does it for me. Um, it's very, what about yourself? You know, yeah. So for me, like for me, I would,
0: you know, religiously pretty much have a, have a coffee when I wake up. Um, you, you could argue that's, you know, there would be some that would argue that's actually not the best thing to do. Like actually just to way you know, better to wake up, you know, naturally, um, and leave it a couple of hours before you do have a coffee, but, uh, when you, when you run a business, uh, you know, sometimes uh, you, you need that hit first thing. And it's been, that's become a, a bit of a habit for me. But, you know, I mean, um, before we started recording this, we were talking a little bit about, like, all, you know, even the placebo effects of yeah. of having it. And that, for me personally, just really starts, uh, really helps to kickstart my day. Is like, first thing I'll do is, uh, you know, get out, get out of bed and, you know, go and, you know, go and grab a, grab, a, grab a coffee. And then, whilst I'm drinking that, I can start to sort of, you know, wake up a little bit and think about uh, think about my day um i would be the first to and i think i have talked about this before in one of the uh, one of the previous podcasts is like when we when we started the business uh, for the first year or two i was consuming far too much caffeine uh, a really unhealthy amount and it was like it it, it was ridiculous like the, the amount of coffee i was drinking and it was just to keep me on a level, and the thing is, I spoke about this a couple of weeks ago with like pre-workout stuff. Um, the the idea is that the caffeine's supposed to give you a hit, yeah, and to try and like take you from your norm, normal level. The, the research shows that it, you know, it is a performance enhancement. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Now, like, there's enough research there to to say that you know uh, a pre-workout caffeine can can improve performance. But when you're taking so much of it, and I think like a lot of people do take too much of it, it's kind of like you just that when you do take that caffeine that gets you almost up to a normal level but then you're dipping down and at most yeah. you're only ever getting back up to like an average kind of point yeah, if, you're so in, de- if you're so dependent on it depend yeah, yeah. exactly dependent on it whereas now i will probably have like anywhere between one and kind of three coffees a day um you know and again people can is be that, perfectly healthy having more and, is that
1: like would you time that around a workout or just one morning
0: Day and then yeah i think like then. with um with, with training like um you know i think a lot of people again are dependent on the on the pre-workout and i quite like to you know so that i can actually feel a boost from it i don't do it every time i train so like i'm not religiously like right i'm training at 10 o'clock so at nine o'clock yeah. i'm gonna have uh, a coffee or at half nine i'm gonna have a, a monster so you're almost like training, voluntarily like that. fatigued yeah, exactly. Mental, and
1: then, um, or... well,
0: that's the thing. Like, if I'm having, like, for example, like, you know, an accessory session or an upper body session, or I'm on a deload week, for example, I see that as a good opportunity to not yeah. uh, take a pre workout and not to not to get the caffeine hit. Um, so that, again, I'm just not becoming dependent on it. Um, whereas, like, you know, then if, if I'm in a position where you know it's, it's a real tough session, I've got to push, it's more demanding, uh, which might be you know, might be a couple of times a week. Um, then that's where I quite like to have uh, my, my preference personally would be would be a coffee, um, because I just really like the taste and I'm, I'm really like I'm a bit of a coffee fanatic, I really enjoy it. Um, for me personally, I prefer the, the taste of that and enjoy it more than an energy drink um but having said that if it's a if it's a hot day and a nice cold energy drink can go down quite nicely as well so it's not religious for me but like you know again the research is there there's no doubt that you know it can help
1: But that, that um going back to that like uh, um placebo effect like if you if you are quite religious about right an hour exactly an hour before my workout i need to have this if you miss that it can have like the opposite effect where you might You know, might get it in half an hour before. But you think, oh shit! I I should have had this an hour before, and you might um, affect your performance in the actual session. So I think it's not too important to get hung up on exact timings for the general. general I, I
0: I I agree. I think like if you're if you're a full time athlete, yeah. And you can base your your whole life around training, and you're yeah. you paid, you know, you're you're paid a full-time salary to play sport. I think it's you know that's when you yeah. can, yeah. that's when you can say, right, well, it's my it's my job. Nothing's going to distract me from, you know, hitting my caffeine at this time, hitting yeah. my meal at that time. And obviously, we want we want to we want to strive towards that yeah. kind of professionalism as um, you know as, as as athletes, but we have to be a little bit realistic yes. as well. So, like, yeah, for me. Obviously, you know, try and time my meals, and if I'm doing the caffeine, I'm trying, I'm trying my best to time it. But I'm not beating myself up if, like, you know, I'm having that coffee. You know, again, the, the recommendations generally are 30 to 60 minutes before uh, performance. If I'm having that 75 minutes before performance because it fits in better, because I need to have a the coffee, then I've got one climb. Uh, to trade for an hour and then I'm gonna yeah. train. I'm not gonna beat myself up uh about, about that too much because I know I'm still gonna get a good effect from it, even if it's not absolutely perfect. Yeah. So we're always striving for like to do the best we can. But we're you know we have to accept that for most of
1: us, you know, we've 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 got jobs to do. And yeah, life you know, gets in the way, doesn't it? Life gets in the way. So yeah and also going um you were saying about how like if you're if you drink quite a lot of coffee anyway and then if you have a an energy drink or something to boost your performance but it's it's not actually elevating your performance because you're so used to that um amount of caffeine <laughs> that can have like the opposite effects where if you don't drink any coffee and then suddenly you have an energy drink or some sort of pre-workout with a high dose of caffeine in it that's why some people get headaches and like, the shakes yeah, because they're yeah, so yeah, yeah. not used to that amount of caffeine in the body and because a lot of drinks they're not the caffeine content isn't relative to their body weight so it might be massively um too much too much caffeine that's why, you know, run straight to the toilet or, or <laughs> yeah. the, get the shakes yeah. and headaches and stuff. So yeah. it's important to um, look at the content uh, relative to your body weight as well.
0: Yeah, definitely, yeah. Which I think, yeah, it ties it ties nicely to uh, Sophia's like, you know, question about like ingredients and things like that. Yeah, a, a lot of people don't take that into consideration. Um, so like, you know, the, like the average rule of thumb is to take 200 milligrams, you know, 60 minutes before you know yeah. 30 60 minutes before uh performance but you know more research has showed us that it is you know is starting to show a lot that it is very dependent on on body weight yeah um which makes sense because you know everything we everything we put in our bodies nutritional wise is like you know is, is dependent on body weight we, you know we we've you know, done a nutritional podcast last week talking about individuality and how, you know, okay, like for someone like me, I might need 180 grams of protein a day for someone who's 56 kilos, you know, they're not going to need the same. And it's the same with caffeine, uh, caffeine as well. Um, so like I said, like that kind of like whole 200 milligrams, like go for it is probably a little bit out, outdated. Um, so like, you know, I mean, you know, some, some people think, right you know, what do I need for before endurance training, before strength training? And again, there's actually quite sort of similarities there in how yeah. much we, we should be taking. So like the ISSN, you know, recommend about between three and six uh, milligrams per kilo uh, of, of body weight. So again, like you can you can sort of understand the difference then between a hundred kilo athlete and a 60 kilo athlete. Like you clearly not going to need the same, yeah. same amount of, uh, of, of, caffeine hit. So I think, you know, as you say, looking into the actual, the, the ingredients and the content is probably well worth, uh,
1: doing. Yeah. definitely. Also you gotta find one that tastes good. Like yeah. you're gonna stick to like, if yeah. one tastes, tastes horrible, but it's good for you. Like, are oh, you gonna actually stick to that and hit to that? So
0: definitely. Yeah. I think like that's a, you know, big one with like protein shakes and stuff is, yeah. um, you know, like I don't know, like I don't know if protein shakes are as, maybe not as popular as they were like five or ten years ago. You know, like I religiously like after a workout, I was like protein shake, back, gotta gotta Adibolid get it in, anabolic window in like twelve minutes. You know, <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, it's like maybe not as popular now, but like I remember, especially when it became. I'm sure age here, but like especially when it became like more popular maybe like 10-15 years ago like, you'd be getting people like mixing a protein shake and like they'd all just taste rank back then as well and like finishing so, like, so the workout like putting in the shake and like just almost like closing their eyes and like down here like it was a disgusting like shot a lot of night out and it's like yeah it, like you say you're, like getting something that tastes good and we're big on that in nutrition as well in general yeah. like you know things have got to be sustainable Absolutely. and whatnot and uh yeah so find the Find a flavour you like. Like I say, if you if you hate coffee, like don't use coffee as the stimulant. Yeah. There's other things to do. Yeah. If you don't like cans of energy drink, um, then don't do it. Like I said, my, my preference, taste wise, is you know always a coffee really. But sometimes I quite fancy just the taste of an energy energy drink. I'll I'll go for that bit. Really. Um, I think like inter. Like I said the ma- the main thing you're looking at with a pre-workout, the the main ingredient that's going to improve performance is caffeine, yeah. um, you know, there's, uh, people get hung up on like amino acids as well. And, you know, is there essential aminos, non-essential aminos and stuff like that in your in your, in your energy drink. And for most people, that's probably something not to, not to worry about too much. So um, if, got, if
1: they're having a well-rounded
0: diet. If then... they're having a well-rounded diet, exactly, exactly. So like, you know, we, we know the body naturally produces a lot of amino acids. You know, we get a lot of amino acids from our from our protein yeah. sources throughout uh, you know throughout the day anyway. Um, so, like, you're, you're not essential or made from the, the body anyway. You're essential, like essentially building blocks of you know protein. So, it's you know you're, you're talking. You know, people get hung up on better alanine as well. Um, the re- the research with that is that it, it there needs to be more research, but there is some research showing that it can have small effects. Yeah, it can, it can have small benefits. You've got, you got to look at like
1: what performance but, that is, like what, what they're actually, um, you know, doing, yeah. is it endurance, is it power up or yeah, exactly. so, it's so nuanced and so specific. Um, it's very difficult to say like this specific yeah. drink will help you.
0: People have definitely got caught up on like, you know, at the end of the day, you need to be a little bit careful because you've got all these like supplement companies and there's thousands of them these days. Yeah. And anything they can use to get a bit of an edge where it's like, right, let's make better alanine, like the buzzword, yeah. and let's make it like, you know, it's all about that. And that's a, you know, that's an essential amino acid. Yeah. And it's quite like easy to pick one amino acid and target it and market it as like, right, that's our unique selling point, yeah. is we've got X amount of better alanine. And then your average lifters like wow that's yeah amazing I need that better out there. It's like you you probably don't really yeah. you don't really need it. Like I would say like you know caffeine pretty clear cut um, you know, enough research to to, to show improvements in yeah. performance creatine um, as well creatine as yeah. well yeah yeah creatine creatine's is a good shout yeah. as well yeah creatine you know is is very well researched now yeah um you know and uh, you know is like. You, it's clear cut now that it does have you know reasonably significant uh, improvements in, in performance especially in strength and power uh, aspects um so like you know that's a, that's another thing to to consider taking this creatine um, also with creatine um i think we've come away a little bit from like you you used to like sort of you know encourage a big loading phase at the start and then doing it for like a six-week block. Um the research now is showing that like you can pretty much just do it consistently all year round. You don't need the loading aspect um and just like doing doing it you, you know you don't really need a break from it and things like that. So creatine's a really good like you know, a lot of people get like scared with like you know create creatine and sort of you know it sounds a bit scary and it's a gateway you know, drug. It's a gateway, <laughs> gateway drug. Yeah. Um, it's it's not um it's not a gateway drug um and it can be
1: uh yeah very useful uh, addition so well, i was just gonna say coming back to like people shouldn't rely on pre-workouts like if you if you're getting four hours sleep a night you're eating rubbish you know your uh sleep hygiene's rubbish uh, you're not getting enough water a pre-workout doesn't matter do you know what I mean that, that's sweating oh, the small that's sweating the small stuff so you've got to get those basics right first right night sleep you know, good, good nutrition yeah. and then pre workouts just a little, little sprinkle.
0: hundred percent hundred percent. Like it's, uh, like you say, you're talking your one percenters, your two percenters, yeah. you know, if you're, if you're nailing all that other stuff, if you get, you know, if you're getting enough sleep, getting enough recovery, your training program's the right amount of volume, right around the right amount of stimulus. Yeah. If you're getting all those big pillars right, then we can start yeah. to talk about, right, let's say a pre-workout, um,
1: you know, let, let's you know, get the creatine in, um, you know, and you want to monitor the effect of it.
0: And monitor yeah. the effect of it. Yeah, absolutely. You're pissing yeah. into the wind, really. If you're, if you're worrying about that and you're having four yeah. hours, like, eating you know, three, four night. hours sleep, eating peace all night, like just not, yeah. not getting the basics right. So,
1: yeah. I think... And as well, sorry, yeah, off go, from, yeah, um, go if you, if you really struggle getting up in the morning and working out, maybe that's just not for you. Maybe you just have to change like your day, Like I can't, I, physically like mentally i can't wake up and be in the right mindset to lift so i've got to change my day and train in the evening do you know what i mean 100%. like if, if if you try to force it and you know you're half in your session then is it yeah. worth it why, why not just try and yeah. change day train after work or train you know midday or whatever yeah
0: 100 percent. i think like the, the biggest thing i bang on about all the time is consistency and sustainability yeah. like two key words is like whatever you do you can nitpick like what's the best time of your day to trade? Should I train twice a day? Should I train every other day? Um, you know, should be the next Y and Z with my nutrition, um, et cetera, et cetera. And the key is like, tr- like results through training come from, you know, is the training sustainable? Is the nutrition sustainable? Is the lifestyle sustainable? And therefore we will be consistent. And if we're consistent, we it gives us the opportunity to be consistent, and if we are consistent, that's where we get results. Yeah. Like, you know, I mean, not that we ever encourage training like garbage, but like you see, some people like they don't train particularly well, but they're consistent with it, yeah. and they and they end up in decent shape and and whatnot. And if you look at like, you know, some of our um, you know top powerlifters here, they might not be necessarily like amazingly genetically gifted, but. They they're like, their way at it, and they're consistent every day. They find themselves a routine, whether it's training three times a week, or four times a week, or maybe five times a week. But they can be consistent with it, and that rolls into the nutritional aspects. That rolls into like you know these one percenters, two percenters, you know, with your with your caffeine and your, your stimulants and things like that.
1: So yeah, it's a tricky one to answer, but it's you know, senior so but. I think like yeah
0: to, to yeah to round up Sophia's question there. I think like yeah, um, you know, check out check out the caffeine content. Um, make sure that the amount you take is based around your body weight. Yeah. Um, but that's a that's a rule of thumb. Like it's it's a bit trial and error. So like for example, if you've never had caffeine before a workout, you might want to start off a little bit smaller. Um, if you're more experienced and you take take a lot, then. You might want to limit it throughout the day, and then up the dosage a little bit before yeah. a workout. So, a bit of trial and error. but general rule of thumb, you know, as you know, as, as we said uh, said earlier, about you know anywhere between three and six you know, milligrams per kilo of body weight. So, look out for that. Um, you know, as for your amino acids, like I probably wouldn't be too bothered about that side of things. Uh, to be honest with you, if your if if your nutrition's well balanced and you're doing the right things throughout the day, I wouldn't be too too worried about that. Timings, you know, take it kind of roughly. You know, anywhere between thirty and sixty minutes would be about right. Some people it will come through the system a little bit quicker. Some people it might take a little bit. hopefully uh, not go completely through the system, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it might take a bit longer or shorter for, for others. And uh, you know, and, and the addition of uh, you know of creating can be a good. Uh, good, good thing to add. Uh, add, add Again, to that that's as relative as well. to body weight as well. With creatine, so exactly. Just be conscious of that. exactly. So yeah,
1: um, hopefully that answers uh,
0: answers your question uh, nicely, Sophia. So what have we
1: got, next cool. So uh, next one is from Paulie. Paul, <laughs> big Paul Uniac. Um, so he asks, is stretching overrated, and does it have a place in field sports? Cool. So it's quite a, quite an open ended question because it says it overrated, like in terms in you know in terms of what so try and answer this as best as we can, I guess. Um, yeah, to sort off of that. yeah, so when you're stretching, what you're doing is you're increasing the range of motion um, by increasing the muscle length and increasing the stretch tolerance. Um, one of the recent uh, articles in the Mass um, uh, magazine, Journal Magazine, Journal We Get, uh, they showed that resistance training and stretching had similar effects on, uh, range of motion, but the main caveat they, uh, included at the end was that most of the articles included in that analysis were looking at hip flexion and knee extension. So it's very difficult to apply that conclusion to, you know, every, every joint and every, every muscle in the body. So it's a, it's a tricky one. Whether, um, has a place in field sports, um, you know, it's quite, it's, it's it's a difficult one yeah. but obviously you know with yourself with rugby do you do much stretching or what's your thoughts on that yeah so like it's always
0: you know it's always been a thing to you know before you before your session you do some dynamic work after a session you do more static stretching and things like that um now like yeah i think with with sport and with you know with with anything really, the key is to be strong enough to be able to absorb the forces of what you're undertaking uh, through the through ranges of movement that you're going to be going to be put through. Um, so, for example, like you know, for a uh, rugby player, or in Paul's case, uh, I know his background uh, hurling, uh, which is a which is a you know a very high force uh, sport. Um, a lot of impact a lot, lot of endurance work and a, a really really tough sport physically the key is uh, for him to be uh, strong enough through the ranges of motion that he's that he's going to be undertaking yeah. um so like the, the key you know the key is always strength you know a lot of people jump into like right i've got you know i've got to be flexible i' have got to be more mobile and that's going to prevent me getting injured um but it, you know being being mobile and more flexible through like static stretching and things like that you know, it's, it, it's only going to make you less prone to injury if you're strong enough through those ranges of movement. Do you know what I mean? So like if I'm talking about rugby, for example, I need to be strong enough through the ranges of movement that my, my body needs to undertake yeah. for that for that sport, if that makes sense. Um, So do I need to be flexible enough to get into a perfect overhead squat position? No. Do I need to be flexible enough to like hit an absolute rock bottom uh, squat and be strong through that range? no because I'm not ever really going to be Position. in those yeah. in those kind of positions um so the context is very important as to like what your sport is and if you're not playing sport like you know just generally what you, what your what your life entails really like we'd always encourage people to be um you know as you know 99 percent of the time as mobile as possible yeah you want the most
1: strong in each joint don't you want you? the really? move yeah exactly we want to be strong exactly
0: exactly range. exactly so it's it's no no good like trying to get really really flexible if we're not strong enough to absorb those uh, those forces yeah. um you know and in some aspects you know research is showing you know actual some stiffness in you yeah. know certain joints like ankle and achilles you know, carries over really well to, to sprint performance. And we actually train yeah. those aspects through like pogo jumps where we're trying to stay like real stiff through, yeah. through the, through the joints. That's something to consider as well.
1: Yeah. It can make you, um, a bit more economical as well. Like you're like an endurance athlete at those, those sub-maximal, um, speeds to have that bit of yeah. stiffness. Yeah. Because it,
0: it just helps with the reactiveness. Yeah. Like if we're talking about like pogo jumps and depth jumps and things like that, you know, a little bit of, a bit of, bit of stiffness is going to, you know, going to, going to, help you out it's gonna it's gonna help you out big time you go from that you know the eccentric loading and like you know a soft super flexible joint we're not gonna get that same spring effects as we are from a, from a from a stiffer yeah. joint in some aspects so you know it can almost work the work the other way uh sometimes um but like if we're just to recap on the question a little bit uh does it have a place in yeah so yeah again it's a tricky one yes it has yes it has a place i think um because You'd like stretching has been proved that it can increase range of movement. Um, but the key is strength, being being strong through the ranges that you're going to undertake. So um, if I was to take like a beginner or intermediate field athlete who doesn't really do too much in the gym, I would actually do very little stretching and I would be getting them in the gym. i will be doing Romanian deadlifts. Um, i will be working through squat patterns. i will be trying to make them strong through you know, through yeah. those ranges, and you know the, the research is showing, and the article you've mentioned is showing that actually just by doing resistance-based training, we can improve flexibility yeah. as well if the movement has a good loading component through these centric, uh, you know, uh, ranges. So, for example, if you think about a Romanian deadlift, so we've got that hip hinge pattern, we're loading a barbell that can actually increase. Um, you know, mobility, flexibility, because we're increasing the the length of the muscle. So, if you're thinking, if you picture in your head now a Romanian deadlift, as we're going through the lowering phase, we're we're stretching the muscle. The muscle's working eccentrically, so it's lengthening under tension. Um, so not only is that tension pulling us into a longer longer position and a, a more of a stretch in the muscle it's strengthening it as we're yeah. doing that so the longer the muscle gets the more tension we've got through it and the more load and the more strength we're building as well so for a for a field athlete again this is this is where you could flip it on its head and say well yeah stretching is a bit overrated um i would rather do you know you you, see, you know I'm, I'm sure some of your guys before after a session have stood there and done, you know a, a static hamstring strength uh stretch sorry what i would rather your guys be doing is actually getting some load in the gym mm. and doing a romanian deadlift because we can get arguably the the same sort of stretches with a uh with, with a mm. hamstring stretch possibly even more because we're putting more more load for it so we can get into into lower positions but we're strengthening
1: through that and then stretching from, range. when we are when we finish the eccentric phase and contracting you're contracting from that weaker position. So yes. you're, you're strong in that lengthened, lengthened yeah. position.
0: Yeah. So there can be some there can be some benefits to, to stretching for, for a field athlete. But as I said, like the, the you know I would put I would put the main focus around being strong yeah. in the in those positions. And to be honest with you, like you know for for most people really like if you're gonna do like I say, if you're looking at improving, you know, a big one is tight hamstrings, and then people are worried they've got tight hamstrings. Now, rather than a static stretch, again, I'd rather do a Romanian deadlift where not only can we strengthen those hamstrings and get low for it, we can improve the flexibility anyway
1: by doing a Romanian deadlift. Yeah, so, the most, most out of your time in the gym, aren't you? Exactly. You sort of exactly. Yeah. Um, well, you could also say for field sports, like on like a low recovery day, you can, you know, stretching is, um, would be a good modality to use to you know help help you work out any any niggles or anything you've got yeah after a game or after a hard hard day the previous day come away feeling mentally stronger and then going to go into your high day the next uh the following day
0: yeah exactly yeah if you're having a recovery day you don't want to be lifting lifting weights yeah. you know and putting your body through that through that strain yeah. just doing you know just doing All those right, basic, uh, basic static stretches yeah, just doing those basic static static stretches can be a good way of like say active recovery, don't want to yeah. be in the gym necessarily. And we could just basically, you know, after after a game, we could just start to lengthen that tissue uh, again yeah. uh, a little bit. So uh, so it has its
1: place, but exactly is it, is it the best, is it the most optimal?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, has its place, but as I said, like for, you know, for the majority majority of the time, you know. We can we can achieve that through through good resistance training. Really, um, I'd say like if there's like a real tightness and a real lack of mobility, like for example for your for your hurling, if there's a position that you know you you, you are struggling to get into. Uh, which is going to affect your performance, then again, I'd always try and load for it, but maybe some additional static stretching on on top of that uh, can be be really useful. Um, You know, for example, if it's like, you know, your right ankle is really, really stiff, it's like, yeah, do some, uh, you know, we're obviously going to try and squat and get into better positions over time, but maybe some, you know, additional static stretching alongside that, or even better, really some dynamic stretching. Um, you yeah. know, is uh, is going to be better, you know, dynamics generally is always going to be a little bit uh, little bit yeah, because in so. field
1: sports, you know, you, you're getting into positions quickly, yeah, so you need to be um, uh, confident in those positions at, sp- at yeah. speed, you know, you're not just gradually lifting your leg up, you're yeah, quickly. yeah. To, to
0: summarize, if you know, if I had to say, is it overrated or if it or is it not, I would say, yes, it is overrated. I would probably get you know a a big focus on just loading loading through the ranges that you need to undertake as a hurler as a rugby player as a football player you're not going to be need to be as flexible as a gymnast for example um so it must
1: be detrimental if you were as flexible to gymnast because your joints could be getting to like too unstable a position. Exactly. Um, well, that's the, that, that's the danger
0: as well, like being, being, you know, like I said, there's the danger of being too flexible and then not being strong enough for yeah. going through those ranges. And like I say, you know, hypermobility is not, it's not a good thing. We can lose yeah. a lot of stability in certain joints and lose a bit of uh, stiffness. So, uh, yeah, for you, Paul, I'd say like, you know, keep up, keep, keep up the strength work, um, add the stretches in where you feel it's appropriate, but are they, is stretching overrated? Yes, probably a little bit. Um, but, it does have its place. Focus on getting getting strong through the ranges uh, that you uh, think needs to undertake. Can we absorb, from a sporting perspective, can we absorb the forces that the sport applies? Can we can we absorb those forces that we're gonna under, undertake? So in your sport, like if you're a gymnast, you're gonna be getting into some super flexible positions. So we need to, you know, we, we can possibly add some static strength, stretching into that realistically to get into those uh, positions and then make sure we're strong through them. For a hurler, like, you know, obviously there's certain positions you're going to need to need to get into. You need to be mobile, yes, um, but not super mobile, and we need to be strong through those, through those ranges. So hopefully that
1: kind of rounds up yeah. that, uh, that okay. aspect. All right then, so the third question comes from Graham, uh, and his question is, how to approach accessories, especially when progressive overload is more difficult to achieve? So again, another, you know, quite open-ended, um question not, not as much context as uh perhaps we'd like but i guess to a, from like a uh, progressive overload um point of view for accessories like compared to like let's say deadlift com- um so like deadlifts to like let's say your seated shoulder press you know you're you're not going to be taking those five ten percent jumps yeah um to, to overload Uh, with your shoulder press, you're going to be, you know, the dumbbells don't come in 15, 16, 17, you're lifting a relatively lesser of weight. So therefore, don't you don't always focus on um, the intensity to progressively overload. You know, you could, you could focus on better form, better range of motion, uh, more reps. uh, like a progress, progress, progressing exercise somehow, so make it a little bit more difficult. Um, you can look at reduced rest time. So there's all these other variables that you can manipulate to progressively overload. It's not always just more yeah. weight, more weight, more weight. Yeah, um, first, well, yeah think, well,
0: yeah, when we're, when we're looking at progressive uh, overload, basically, yeah, of course, what, what we're trying to do is create a stress slash stimulus uh to therefore create an adaptation and improve um so there are as you've just said like various ways in which we can do this It's you know intensity is one way so increasing increasing the weight Uh, so let's say in the most simplest form adding a couple of kilos a week that would be one way where if you're lifting 10 kilo dumbbells one week and then you move to 12.5 kilo dumbbells the next week then because you're lifting more weight, that is gonna create a stress and a stimulus on the muscles, on the body, and therefore, in our recovery mode, that is gonna cause reason for adaptation through through the body. So we're we're gonna become stronger because we're lifting more weight. Intensity is one. Volume is another one where we might go from 10 reps one week to 12 reps the next week to 15 reps another week, for example. Um, That could be another way. Uh, Again, just explaining it in a very, very simple, progressive overload manner. Uh, as you say, tempo might be one as well, uh, where we're slowing down the movement. We're potentially going, you know, let's say it's a dumbbell chest press. Um, you know, we're going from a two-second eccentric on the way down into a press. We might be going to a three-second or four-second, so we increase the time and attention, and therefore we create more stress and stimulus, and therefore an adaptation. Um, you know, and another way we can add time and attention is adding pause, uh, pause work in. Uh, which can be good for improving time and attention, but also improving positions as yeah. well and increasing isometric uh, strength. So the key to, you know, it's a good question because um, with with accessory work, like it is hard to keep adding load yeah, isn't it? hard to quantify. It, exactly, really like good. you say, like if you're starting off with like, you know, with, with a deadlift, as you say, you could add five kilos, a week, if you're a beginner and keep going with that for quite a long time, Um you could take bigger bigger jumps with uh, bench press. You can take not as bigger jumps as with a deadlift or squat, but you can still you know make reasonable progress. If you're talking about accessories like a single arm row or a dumbbell bench press or you know a, a lunge, for example, then yeah, like adding adding a couple of kilos per week. I mean, crikey, you know you'd be you know benching eighty, 80, kilo, 80 kilo dumbbells pretty pretty quickly, which might not be. Possible. So I think like right, the key with this is just to be a little bit more creative and just look beyond absolute intensity. Yeah. Um so I would say like there's definitely a time and a place to try and push the intensity of your accessory work. So, you know, going from like you know 10 reps to eight reps to six reps on a dumbbell bench press and increasing the weight and adding weight and adding intensity. But as you say, you can't do that all the time. So you know what we might do is we might go more volume. Uh, but again, you know, how many reps do you want to do? You might not want to go above 20 reps roughly for, uh, some accessory work. Um, you know, so that's when you can add some tempo work, you yeah. know, pause work. I think the key with your accessory work is just being really flexible with it. And like, just mixing those modalities up, not always looking at Got
1: Yeah. What's the thing like, why, why are you doing those accessories There they are there to help with your main compound list, right? Yes. Um, so you could also think maybe you're doing it for a bit of body comp yeah. idea as well. So, um, in terms of like, when he says like how to approach accessories, you gotta think that's why I'm doing it or maybe some sort of, uh, asymmetrical reason. Like your left yeah. side is a lot weaker. That's, that's why you're doing more work on your, uh, more single leg work and stuff. So it's not just about getting, uh, like more weight, more weight, more weight. Like you say, you're doing these, um, exercises for different reasons to so allow like your de- deadlifts and your squats. Um, 100%. Yeah.
0: Like say might yeah, exactly. So if we've got you know if we've got a, a shift, you know, on a deadlift for example, you know, because you know one, you know, one side's taking over a little bit and we're a little bit of balance, we might be doing like the single leg deadlifts. Yeah. Uh, for example to try and you know to try and work that, you know, unilateral aspect and work the weaker leg a little bit, a little bit harder. Um, you know, we might have uh, you know, we might have knee pain in the squat, so we might be saying, right, okay, we want to get you into an isometric split squat position and do and do a hold in that position. Um, you know, sort of, you know, isometric holds or overcoming isometrics, where we're pushing up against something, um, could be an option as well. So, I think, like, in terms of approaching the, the accessories and like the uh, the choice of accessories as well, that you know that you need to think quite carefully about yeah. that, really. Like you say, why, why are you doing the accessories? Yeah. And as you've said, then like the, the reason is that you want it to, to, to assist with the the bigger compound lifts generally speaking. So, um, you know, where, where am I struggling with the compound lifts and then address that with, yeah. with, with the, with the accessory work, um, you know, and, uh, I say, you know, it might be, you know, it's not always even all dumbbells, it can be barbell stuff as well, but like you know, maybe adding your your, your pauses in and things like that. So you've got a thing like as
1: well, like you know, going back to the progressive, level, you're not gonna be making those five ten 10 uh, kg progresses every week or two weeks with your accessory works, but the um adaptation will manifest in like in your compound lifts. So because you've done your accessory works, maybe you've, you've strengthened your upper back to so get into a better position in your deadlift. Um and that's where that's why you're doing Doing those accessories, it's not just to lift heavier and heavier and heavier on them. Those lifts, sure. it's to help the bones. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. You might be doing the same. You might be doing not the same. It's not the same weight in reps, but like similar sort of movements and rep schemes for the accessories for a few weeks, and think oh, I'm not. I'm not making any progress on these, but it's it's helping you with your your squat or your deadlift. Yeah, hundred yeah.
0: percent. So for so you know, Graham's asked a question, and you know, Graham Graham's been you know lifting a little while now. So I think like. You know, what my advice to him and and to most people would be, I said, you know, probably number one is like, have a real good think of what you're trying to improve. So like for Graham, if he's working on his squat, his deadlift and bench, identify what areas need improving in those movements, yeah. then try and make the accessory exercises as specific as possible uh, to that. Okay, so again, if we've got, you know, for example, in a in, in a in a bench press where we're really struggling with a with a lockout on on the left on the, on the left arm or something like that, we might do some dumbbell work. Mm-hmm. We'll try and make it as specific as uh, as possible. And then probably the second thing to think about is like, how can I just be a little bit clever and cute and sort of creative? to create that stimulus yeah. and it doesn't always have to be intensity, no. uh, because that's gonna be pretty much impossible to just keep increasing intensity yeah. all of the time. So it doesn't have to be adding a couple of kilos each week for that. Um like I said, just to, you know, just just doing tempo work, pause work, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera, can can you know, can really help. And it really depends on like what stage you're at as well. So like for for Graham I know he's into his powerlifting, like for me when I've like train myself for rugby like in in an off season for example i would do a lot of with my accessory work i do a lot of tempo work so i do a lot of slow tempo work i do a lot of pause work because in that stage it's a bit of a bit of a regeneration period where like i'm just trying to build up some tissue tolerance rebuild a little bit so at that stage i'm not really bothered about how much i'm lifting yeah. with the accessory work I just want lots of time and attention. I want slow, controlled, eccentric work, which is going to prepare me for heavier work, and more dynamic work in the blocks, in the training blocks to come. So that would be my approach at that stage, tempo work, pause work, et cetera. You know, work on the technique, time and attention, Et cetera, et cetera. Um, as I get closer towards competition and the same, you know, be the same with, with powerlifting, maybe, you know, you're going into your strength cycle and you're looking to load those kind of unilateral and accessory patterns a little bit more. Um, and then if, if we go to a realization phase, like I'm, you know, four, six weeks out from competition, and maybe with those accessories, I'm looking at, possibly being a bit more dynamic or a bit more joint specific, yeah. um, et cetera, et cetera. And that again, that could that's a, that's an example for my sport, of rugby, but that can carry over to powerlifting, it can carry over to, to anything really. So difficult because
1: everyone wants to you know lift more weights, more weights every week, every week. Yeah. Because they think that's the only yeah, indicator yeah. of you know getting stronger. Mm. But like you say, it, might, it might, might be boring to do like you know accessory work, um, like tempo work and stuff, but it will come come into fruition. Eventually, it with, I mean, with your main lifts and stuff. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Like if you look, like if you haven't done
0: like tempo work, for example, on your accessories, like try it, yeah. And like you'll humbling, get, you'll it, it'd be humbling, and you'll get unbel- an unbelievable pump from it, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, be be quite sore potentially afterwards. So, like I say, you might be going from like you know, uh, but you know, split squatting like twenty kilos aside are so actually doing like 12 kilos a side but yeah. slowing the tempo down yeah. and you're actually creating a greater greater stimulus because yeah. of the time and attention is so much it's a different kind of stimulus obviously yeah. but it's a stimulus none- nonetheless and therefore we get an adaptation from that so like you know in your off-season periods don't be afraid to like actually just lower the weight a little bit increase the time and attention a bit and get a different kind of stimulus um, and, and that as well and that kind of variation helps prepare you for other stuff as well like yeah. said, so if you're doing the slow tempo work and the pause work that's actually going to help you a lot when you get back into your into to your heavier work yeah. so yeah hope yeah. answers your question graham yeah i think yeah that probably rounds, rounds it up uh yeah, yeah. quite quite nicely really so uh yeah three good topics there. three good three good topics guys yeah, yeah. um, cool. Happy to um
1: that, yeah. just about the metcon games again get signed up um and yeah we're probably doing one of these q a's a few weeks time Q&As are good. I
0: did in the Q&As, yeah. I think like every every sort of two or three weeks we'll, yeah. uh, we'll drop in a Q&A because it's good to, you know, give kind of direct answers to what, yeah. what, what the people want. Yeah. Uh, we're all about the people. So uh, check out, uh, yeah, as I say, make on Games, get signed up. Uh, Stash, uh, you can, Stash, you sure. can get Stash. You can buy Stash offers in-house or online. And uh, yeah, really hope you enjoyed the podcast, guys. And uh, we'll catch up soon. Nice one. Cheers. See you later.